Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey guys, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 268 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I am here at Frank's house in Kiev, Ukraine. Welcome to the show. Uh, glad to be back. Yeah, so we actually just did a really good episode on Invest Like a Boss. Uh, that was episode 177. If you guys want to take a look, listen and learn kind of more about Frank's uh, $20 million I don't even know. It's not, what do you call it? Like fund investment, like business. Okay, but you're basically living like a a boss, like multimillionaire out here in Ukraine. The first time we met, and this is a funny story. We, you picked this like super nice restaurant, and while we we're eating, there was like this big Russian guy at the next table, just like tough looking dude, just like like looking over at us all the time, and I didn't know who he was. Because I don't think I saw you guys walking together. I just, like, noticed, like, this guy, like, that just kept, like, like, you know, just looking our way. And it wasn't until after the meal, when you stood up and he stood up, that I realized he was your bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good guy. I, I, I like him a lot. And uh, I'm grateful that uh, uh, my partners uh, uh, felt the need to hire him and have him on my side. But, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. Uh, he has a really good training, actually. He... Uh, he is he his uh, experience was like he was an anti-terrorism unit on the east uh, fighting in the war for a number of years and then he worked for a number of like diplomats here um, and deputies and then his last boss was like um, uh, one of the biggest real estate developers in Kiev and then as things happened in Kiev he went to jail so uh, he became uh, uh, open on the free market so he's 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 a really good guy I, I really like him as a person and really good family man so yeah he's uh, and he's a very thorough let's just say about his uh, job um yeah but it also like lifestyle wise i mean he's also your driver uh this is something that you can't really like like your current lifestyle now if you're living in an expensive city like in san francisco or new york having a personal driver a bodyguard you have some assistance you have like a nice like, super nice house that you're living in you're eating at these like you know five-star restaurants you could technically afford it in the U.S., but it would cost so much more, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's really it's really less about cost and about uh, one philosophy that I really like that I heard from another expat uh, person. I don't consider myself like a, a huge like uh, a person who talks about this topic, but it's the guy says like um, I think it's from Nomad Capitalist. He says, "Go where they treat you best." Yeah. And I had this philosophy, but I never could uh, put into words as well as he did. And when I heard him put into words, I said, "This is exactly the philosophy that I always do." Like, whenever I pick the restaurant, the country, the businesses, the I always believe in. You know, people say like, you know, how how do I have like such a not just me, but they ask for advice for themselves. Like, how do you have such a, a good business relationship with people? How do you have such good friends? And I said, you know, as a, as ridiculous as it sounds, I only do business with people who want to do business with me. Mm -hmm. I only have friendships with people who want to be friends with me. I'm never chasing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I only want to work with investors who want to work with me. There has mm -hmm. to be some synergies, right? And uh, yes, uh, you're 100% right. Like, in a bigger city, it's much more expensive. But, you know... 
here I came really for work. I came here to hire like lots of engineers for my companies because they're kind of like the proprietary uh, advantages that I use in a lot of my uh, my quote unquote unsexy markets that I, I, I use to uh, you know roll up the space. But uh, yeah, I would say that uh, in a bigger city, it's just you, you, the, the food is not even as tasty. Mm. Right. Like and, and you've you've been here in Kiev and Ukraine. It's it's really like, for example, I traveled to Italy with some of my friends and they're big popular bloggers here. They know all the restaurants and we were really excited to go to Italy and we all went as a group and uh, they were like, you know, we're in Italy. We should try the pizza. And all of us unanimously agreed. We're like, wow, the food in Ukraine is like really tasty for pizza, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. even better than the original countries. I mean, like the the tom yum here is like so tasty and they have it in like every restaurant like they really like to make things here and they're they're, they're becoming they're making guacamole really great and i think it really comes down to um they have less expenses because in mm. bigger cities uh the the two main cost items for any restaurant is like the labor mm -hmm. and the real estate yeah so when you're eating in san francisco and you're eating like i don't know i haven't been there in such a long time like your 30 dollar like guacamole mm. uh and whatever place you're not really eating the guacamole you're eating the walls and you're eating like this person's like paycheck yeah because right? yeah they're like if the the server's getting paid 15 dollars an hour and then there's tax on top of that mm -hmm. you know so on top you know so the the actual cost to the business might be like 20 30 bucks an hour or whatever and then the real estate their rent is probably like seven grand a month or 10 grand a month or something <laughs> minimum yeah so they can only afford to put so much in the cost of food and then you know and yeah, they're, they're busy, you know, like, but here, you know, rent is cheap mm -hmm. and like labor is cheap. Like, I mean, literally the servers might only getting, be getting paid like three to $500 a month mm -hmm. and food costs are low, but actually I think the food here, like ingredients are better. Like if you ever, have you ever, do you remember having a tomato in, in California? It doesn't taste yeah. like anything. It tastes like fucking water. Yeah, it's because, you know, he, you know, there's I was joking with my friend and it's like, you know, if you want to eat organic, just eat in Ukraine because everything's technically organic because it's like grown like from the from the from somebody's like a garden. Like mm. my neighbors are growing uh, all the stuff here. Actually, when the coronavirus happened, uh, uh, everybody was asking me, like, are you coming back to the U.S.? Like it's going to be turmoil. Like at the time, there was pure like nobody knew what was happening. Mm. And in Ukraine, they're like, OK, we're closing the airports. You know, if you're an American, this is the last chance to get out. Like. Like you better go to the uh -huh. U.S. If, or you're stuck here, yeah. and we can't help you. And I and everyone's like, "Are you gonna come back or not?" And I said, "No. Are you crazy?" Yeah. Well, first of all, I was watching all this crazy toilet paper stuff happen, so that, <laughs> did, that didn't make any sense to me. And I said, "Guys, I'll be fine in Ukraine." They're like, "Why?" And I said, "Worst case, if it's the end of days, all my neighbors know how to grow potatoes, so yeah. we'll be okay, right? Yeah. None of, nobody I know in the, in California knows how to grow potatoes, <laughs> and if it gets cold, all my neighbors know how to make moonshine because we have it yeah. at our like uh, dinners and stuff like that." And uh, they're much more um, uh, hands-on, so they yeah. need to fix a car. So I'm like, I feel much more safe in Kiev actually than in uh, a place where they're like punching each other for toilet paper. So yeah, you know what's crazy is I feel way safer in Kiev, Ukraine, than I do for sure in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've never been robbed in Kiev, and I've been yeah. here for this is my my third trip here, so I've you know been here for quite a while. Are and I'm sure you in, haven't been robbed. Maybe your heart was stolen yeah, by some uh... on a weekly <laughs> basis. But no, like I remember, I remember I was so nervous and scared in the beginning because I would be in these like shady situations. Like at night, you're walking you know, across the street, but you can't cross the street. You have to go like through an underpass. Yeah. And in the U.S., if you – New York, San Francisco, pretty much any big city, if you go under – like if you walk 
not on the main street, but like underground where the metro is closed at night, you're probably going to get robbed. Or there's yeah. going to be like some crazy homeless guy bothering yeah. you. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Here, I was so on guard. And I remember like freaking out, just like looking yeah. around. And somebody came around the corner and I like panicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like some like 19-year-old girl. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just walking by herself. And like she wasn't panicked. And yeah. I was like, okay. And then the courtyards of every building are, they look dark and dangerous. <laughs> And the stairs are like, you know, like, you know, it looks like you've watched too many James Bond movies, man. And I'm just like, man, I'm going to get robbed. Yeah. And then after a few months of not getting robbed, I'm like, actually, this is a very safe country. It is pretty safe. It is pretty safe. Uh, Look, every country has their own problems. And of course, it's unsafe in different ways. But from from uh, if you're talking about like um, this type of like crime, yeah, it's it's very safe from that perspective. Um, I have a thesis behind it, actually, which is. I believe that countries like this have to be more safe in order for it to operate. Because, mm. as you know, there's not strong rules of law here. Uh-huh. Like, I, I don't know if you ever dealt with the police. I have many friends in police, and uh, uh, many of my friends are like politicians and diplomat and uh, and uh, prosecutors here. So I know how the system works, right? Basically, if you're a normal Ukrainian, you have some kind of problem, even like marital problem, domestic mm-hmm. violence, they're just like, figure it out on your own. Yeah. Like, I have lots of friends who are like, oh, I couldn't sleep last night. I said, why couldn't you sleep? They're like, oh, the, the house upstairs, they were getting drunk and they were like beating each other. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you said it like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, just like, and every day, like, it's like nothing in U.S. It's like, you're calling the police, they're yeah. coming over. So I think in order for a society to operate that doesn't have strong rules of law, they have to almost abide by like uh the honor code, mm-hmm. right? That's why relationships are very important here because yeah. you don't have like, and that's what I find refreshing here because my, my background is more of like a deal maker relationship guy. That's why I didn't, like I liked the US but it became this like tech thing. Like you're looking at somebody's LinkedIn, you're looking uh-huh. at their resume. Oh, he was ex Uber, ex Twitter. I don't care about any of that. Like, you know, we're going to sit down. I don't like texting even. I don't yeah. even like phone calls. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit down. We're going to get to know each other. We're going to look eye to eye, mm-hmm. and we're going to understand each other. Like, that's, to me, like, how it works here. Like, that's why everything's based on trust and uh, referrals because there's no – there's very little recourse mm-hmm. in very bad situations. That's yeah. why also the girls here are much more street smart mm-hmm. because they don't have the same protections and recoils that they – uh, you do in the U.S., so that's why they're much more like understanding of like good situations, bad situations, and because there's there's less of a safety net. And I think that's reason why everyone has to behave because or else be turmoil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. But I think even for all all my female friends, they feel super safe here. Yeah, and like they know that like people are gonna be like polite and respectful, and like if something happens, like you can, when you walk around the streets of Kiev. Nobody's gonna smile at you or be nice to you just to be nice, but if they if you need someone's help, everybody will help. Yeah, and without even um, without you even having to ask. Like for example, if you just go to like the metro or like the the train station where people are going up and down stairs with like suitcases, mm-hmm. just watch. I guarantee you, in, in every five minutes, you're gonna see you know someone carrying like a heavy suitcase. And then some guy is just going to come up behind her and just grab the suitcase and just help her down the stairs. And in the U.S., some you know, so someone would probably scream saying, "Oh, I'm getting robbed." Yeah. But here, they just say thank you, yeah. and like, and then there's no, like, it's not a big deal. Like people don't even like, you know. And then the top of the bottom of the stairs, they don't spend twenty minutes like saying, you know, talking. 
they kind of just say, okay, goodbye, have a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, with one of my friends the other day, and she, uh, she uh, obviously Ukrainian, and she worked in Italy uh, for a number of years, and she was talking about her perception of Americans. She worked in an American restaurant there when she was uh, a teenager, and she's just like, this freaking small talk that you, that these Americans do drugs. I also don't like small talk very much either. That's why I all my friends joke that uh, I'm really like really Ukrainian guy. Mm. Um, I'm always ordering borscht and salo and like uh, drinking a little bit of vodka. And actually, I you're actually the only person from the U.S. that I communicate with. Oh, I've nice. been here three. Years. I have no no friends from any other country except Ukraine. Like all my friends are mm. Ukrainians, uh, and so I'm pretty ingrained here. Um, but anyways, I, I want to touch on the point that you said, which is I think it's very refreshing because in the U.S., smiling is like it's meant to be polite, mm -hmm. right? When it got warped from what its original intention, because when you smile at somebody, smiling is really an emotion. Mm -hmm. You're happy to see somebody, right? Here it's in its purest form, which is like I shouldn't smile at you just because you walked in front of me or you're my customer. Like, you know, like, of course, it's going to be pleasant, but you're not like – have some friendship mm. in the u.s it's kind of like you walk to the cash and it's funny like some ukrainians have this like perception of americans that they are like smiling all the time mm. like because and it's like this fake smile and for the most part it's kind of true right like every place you go people are forced to smile your waitress needs to be pleasant with you this, of course you should always be pleasant but like smiling and mm. too jolly and it, it's it's draining i think that's why a lot of americans are tired because you have to put on this like really fake mask right yeah. and that's why when I was working there, like I, I would just—I'm more of a real person. It's like you know, I'm if I'm not gonna like—I uh, just don't like being fake. You know, it's it's much more refreshing here because that's how yeah. they operate here. My favorite thing about Ukrainians is they will be completely blunt and honest with you. In the U.S., if you meet someone, even if you have no intention of ever talking to them again, you'll probably, for whatever reason, feel obligated to be like, "Hey, let's you know, let's grab coffee sometime." Oh, such a nice. You know, you know, it's so nice to meet you. Like, hmm. yeah, like, what's your number? You know, like, let's keep in touch. And then they literally, my two seconds later, say to their friend, "Oh God, that you know, that guy was such a bore," or like, you know, just say something negative, yeah, 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 yeah. or just have zero intention of ever answering your call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Ukraine, if you said like, "Hey, like, you know, let's let's meet sometime, let's have coffee," they might just say, "Need." <laughs> You know, and they like, and, and and they won't be rude about it. They won't like, you know, like look down on you about it, make you feel bad about it. But they might just say like, oh, uh, no, thank you. And I never experienced that, yeah, but, yeah, like, but I, I get, I, I understand <laughs> your underlying point. But yeah. yeah, but like, if they do say yes, they really mean it. Like, if you if you say like if you say, hey, let's have coffee uh, sometime, and they say okay, that means that you when you they'll maybe they'll write you in a few days and say. Uh, I'm free tomorrow for coffee. What time do you want to meet? In the U.S., it's just like tons of text back and forth, tons of BS. I I, I couldn't stand it. I don't. I, I I'm not an expert in that realm, but I can talk about it from more of a business culture type okay. of thing. Maybe I can add on to the conversation like that, which is, you know, what I really like about it here is that uh, when you have some kind of misunderstanding or somebody's doing something weird, mm -hmm. I, I what I really like is that. Um, my friends are always like – all my friends are like uh, business owners here. Uh, and as I said, some of them are politics. So they're always doing something that involves like people. And like uh, sometimes there's conflicts or misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Their solution to everything is let's sit down and talk about it. Yeah. Like it's like really direct. Not mm -hmm. like in a – like they always have talks. Like mm -hmm. it's like how they deal with conflict. It's like, okay, you seem to be on this side. I seem to be on this side. Like let's sit down. You say your side. I say my side. And we'll – 
we'll hammer this out. Like, mm -hmm. and that's how I am. So it's like, it, it really works well. So I, I can see elements of uh, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I said that, and the other thing that we mentioned was the safety where here, nobody will smile on the, on the street for no reason. But if you ever actually need something, everybody's willing to help. And a good example is the other day I was walking and I was, t I think I was, I don't know if I was like take off my mask or like taking something off, but my AirPod fell out mm -hmm. and I was like panicking for a second. It's like, oh crap, like I'm losing AirPod. And immediately, like without asking, like f everyone around me, there was like three people that were just walking by. They all stopped and they all helped me look. And then they just handed it back and they like, I said, thank you. And they, they just left. It wasn't like a, it was just like a very normal thing. And I feel like, let's say somebody was getting robbed while walking on the street. One of the reasons, and somebody joked about this, saying the reason why no one ever robs anyone is because they said, like, what's there to take? <laughs> I got the Okay, I didn't hear that. That's, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> so most people don't have that much money on them. You know, and it's also a very cashless culture here now, too. Everything's like, yeah, like yeah. PayPass on the phone or something. And then second, on top of that, I want to add is if you try to rob someone, even if they have like 30 cents on them, they will probably fight you to the death. And then some like guy is gonna like like run up and help because they just hate, like they really hate like robbers and, and criminals. Yeah. So it's not worth it for someone to try to steal your phone when you, most people here have a you know $40 phone. Uh, and even if it was a like a new iPhone, the chances are 10 people on the street are gonna try to stop the guy and it's not going to end well for him. Yeah, I, I I would pretty much agree with that statement. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, you know, I, I I traveled to Thailand a lot because my mom is half Thai, mm -hmm. and so during my childhood I went there a lot. And I would say like just countries like Thailand and this place, it's usually exhibits the same kind of uh, commonalities where it's like, I don't know, in the U.S. it's just like I I don't know why they don't intervene, but there it's like uh, they'll just like mob the person. Yeah. They're like. They're like screw this guy, like we're gonna mess him up. Like yeah. it's like you know, because I think in countries where there's much more um, less safety with the the rule of law, he, human nature is like we are going to make this rule of law. Yeah, like yeah. it's gonna be street justice here, mm -hmm. and it's it, it it works. Like people are in line, you know. Yeah, I like it. Like I honestly really like this culture. Like it's weird because I have nothing to do with the Slavic culture, but in some ways it. And I remember my, when I first decided to move here, my cousin, who's from Taiwan, said, oh, you'll like it because they're like Asian people. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? They're, like, they're, like more, like, they're like more like Russian people. But the longer I've been here, I realized there's so many commonalities. You know, for one is what we said, like nobody like just randomly smiles at someone for no reason. Mm -hmm. but Thailand's different. Everyone's like, you know, it's land of smiles. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's it, their business, yeah. though. It's tourism, so that's that's why they're doing. They're more like Americans from that sense. Yeah. Okay, but if you like meet like normal like people who are not in the tourism industry and like the mm -hmm. like you live there, then it's like more like yeah, it's more like Ukrainian. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So people aren't just friendly just to strangers for no reason. So it seems like they might be rude, but they're really friendly to family members. And and when I say friendly, I mean you know like, not even that. Let's not mean the word like, in the U.S. and American culture. Even if someone's your family member, sometimes you're kind of like not that nice to them. You know, you're mm -hmm. not that there for them. You're not, you know, you're not going to like take care of them no matter what. But here in Ukraine, I feel like it's kind of like that Asian bond where if someone's your family member or close friend, 
you'll do anything for them and you really take care of each other. Yeah, yeah, I, I will second that completely. And that's actually one of the biggest, uh, I, I mostly came here for, for work, right? And then, uh, but eventually I want to have a family. Having a family is very important to me and I, I do want to have it in Ukraine. I think it's, mm. it's very important and because the reason is, is, is about this whole uh, bond that you have, right? Like that you were talking about, which is every person is, is like all my friends, even though they have like big businesses or uh, are busy with their own lives or they have some conflict with their family members, they're very like, it's about family, you know? It's about uh, their friends. Unless you do something extremely bad to them, it's really hard for them to like really drop a relationship. And um, it's the sense of like a uh, bond that I think is like missing in the United States, right? Which is like, uh, you know, as you know, like everybody really loves uh, children here in uh, Ukraine. In the U.S., they're seen more as like a, I guess, like a part of like society that just happens to be there. <laughs> or as yeah. here, it's like everybody's looking forward to children. Like you'll see all these playgrounds like almost every few feet. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, they really care about it. And if you go to these, uh, a lot of restaurants have uh, – nannies and play areas for mm -hmm. all these kids and stuff mm -hmm. that are free like you're a customer at the restaurant you want to enjoy yourself like it's it's completely normal and it's easy to find like uh, nannies here like i remember my best friend he lives in slow and uh he, obviously he's a working guy he's uh he he has a full-time job his wife is uh, also has a full-time job they both graduate good schools have like full workloads right and that's san luis libispo like Yes, Central California. Exactly, and uh, and the problem is is that like obviously they can't pick up their kid all the time. They can't watch them all the time, and they're trying to pay like they're, they're nanny sharing with somebody else, and they were trying to pay like three four thousand dollars per month, and it's like hard even to find somebody who wow. will accept it, even with some normal pay, right? Uh, whereas like here. I think it's just like cultural. It's like, you know, if you tell somebody you're going to pay them to like look over a kid, they're like, oh, and that doesn't sound too bad. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I love children and yeah. to get paid for it's like not so, not so horrible of a thing to do. How much would it cost, do you think? I don't think I, I know the prices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, starting is around like $700, $800 per month. I'm talking about full time. Okay. Uh, if you want English speaking, like uh, full time live in nanny, it's. It can be about like a thousand. Okay. If you want to go like even higher end, it can be like one thousand two hundred at most, like one thousand five hundred. Um, so that's kind of the price range. But again, I want to emphasize it. It's, it's less about the money and the attitude towards mm. it. You know what I mean? It's like people just love children yeah. here. People love families. Like children are seen as like bright spots in their lives, mm -hmm. rather than like you know. All my friends are always posting about kids on their Instagrams outside of their like work and they're, cause they're all influencers and mm -hmm. stuff. You know, they have their private accounts and they put on close friends or something. It's always about like their niece, their nephew, the mm -hmm. children, this birthday party. Like people genuinely like like this stuff like me like it's mm -hmm. so it's it's a uh, it's good place to yeah of course it has its own like i don't want to make every place sound like it's like uh, daisies and rains but of course mm -hmm. it has its own downsides to, to rain's children but from that perspective i, I would say it's superior i could, I could definitely see that and thailand's actually very similar to i remember somebody being like worried about like okay if i go to thailand to this beach like Lanta or something like how, like where am i gonna find someone to take care of the kid while i'm swimming and i'm like what are you talking about like just leave it with like the restaurant or something leave it See, yeah, it's like, american like, yeah, it. yeah seriously it, this thing <laughs> yeah, yeah leave it yeah. yeah that's like that's american to me but like like leave your like i was like you can just leave your kid at a restaurant and they're like what do you mean i'm like i was like just trust me like go to a restaurant in yeah. thailand on the beach and then somebody will happily watch your kid while you go swim like they're they're happily like you could probably leave your kid with them like the whole day 
and nobody would think of it as a burden. They would just be like happy to 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 watch the kid and play with the kid. Yeah, just make sure you trust the person and they're a good person. But yeah, assuming <laughs> those are check the box. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree with your statement. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say there 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 are some positives. That, uh, not some, like again, like you know, everyone asks me this question: What's better, U.S. or Ukraine, mm -hmm. right? And I have so many different stories of people having trouble in the U.S. and some people having trouble in Ukraine. I mean, adjusting to life. Uh, and the best way to say it is that it's not that one is better than the other in, in a lot of senses. Like, I, I'm a pretty fair, balanced person. Mm -hmm. I would say it's just a different variant of what you want the strengths and weaknesses to be, mm -hmm. right? So, like I said, like, Ukraine is like, has a lot of positive opposed to the U.S., but then again, the U.S. has a lot of positive opposed to Ukraine. So it just depends how it fits into your personality, your lifestyle, your business, all this stuff. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, I get a lot of messages from my Instagram saying, like, you, you make, uh, you know, Ukraine looks so amazing. Like, you're having so much fun. You're having all these, like, great uh, friendships and parties and relationships. Like, uh, I went to Ukraine. It was definitely not like that. And I, and... Uh, the main point I want to stress is that it's it's uh, I guess like it, I just match this place mm. really well, and so uh, personality wise, all this stuff. So it's it's some people do better in the U.S. Like I know mm. a lot of Ukrainians, they 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 thrive in the U.S. and mm. they don't really like Ukraine. It, 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 it's it, it depends on the person specifically. Yeah, and I would also say like it depends on how much time you spend here and the relationships that you make, because Ukraine could literally be a cold, hard place to live. Yeah, it is. It can be. Yeah. You know, like literally, but also figuratively. Yeah. If you show up and you don't know anyone and you're not very witty about figuring things out and you don't have good relationships for people to help you figure things out, you can have a very tough time here. And you can come here and hate it. And you'd be like, you can walk around the right, wrong places and you'd be like, this is just an ugly place. And with, you know, and you can eat like food and be like, what what are these guys talking about? What do yeah. they like about this country? Everything seems difficult. Everything's hard to figure out. And on one hand, they are correct. You know, and half the year, the weather is very cold. Yep. But at the same time, if you figure out how to live here, the right place to go, when to, when to be here, where to live, what restaurants to go to, how to get things done, then there's so many positives of being here that, for me, completely outweigh the U.S. for half the price or less than half the price. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Um yeah, it's, it's it's you have to be a little bit street smart here because it's it's really like a relationship driven place. Like I I remember I met this one guy. I don't uh, I don't communicate with him, but he was telling me I think I met him in a in one restaurant or something. He was like he heard me speaking English and he came up to me, "Oh my god, you're speaking English. You're and it's American English. I'm I'm from Los Angeles like uh blah 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 blah." And I was with my friends he was, and he just wanted to join. So, oh, "Okay, whatever. Just just have join us for a little bit." And he was telling me, he's like, every time I leave my door, I'm getting, like, scammed. I'm getting hassled. I'm getting, like, uh, and I didn't want to be too rude, but it, I, he was, after I asked him enough questions, like, he basically did it to himself, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, you've lived here. Like, yeah. it, there's two routes you can take. Like, he told me he went to a restaurant uh, with some girl, and she, like, ran up the bill. And I know this restaurant. It's a nice restaurant. But I'm, like, each roll of sushi there is about, like, 500 grivenas, right? Mm. It's like $15. Yeah, and uh, uh, maybe the, the most expensive was like 700 right? Mm -hmm. And I, and he told me the bill was like 500 And I, I looked at him. I said, dude, how is it humanly impossible for two people to eat that much sushi? Like, yeah. you know, it's not humanly possible. So like, you got like a $500 U.S. bill. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And he's like, 
complaining that he's having uh, all these problems. And then once I started asking him a little bit, it's really like self-made. Yeah, like, but I, I can tell you actually, I don't know if you're aware of this, there's a kind of common scam where girls will get a commission from the restaurants for going there. The restaurant will charge him a higher bill knowing that he can pay for it or he'd be, you know, or, or whatever it is. And she gets cash back so she can get 30 or 40 yes. percent cash yes, back. yes 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 one of my one of my really good friends has a real legit uh matchmaking business here if anybody's interested in this kind of stuff uh she's a real real legit one not a scam one like she she runs a real uh clean operation she's she's good at what she does and yeah actually she gave me a discount card so i can also get the cash back. So actually i have yeah. the i have the cash back from these same restaurants oh, i yeah. know which ones they are but here, here's the thing and i don't want i don't like speaking so um specifically about like societal structures and stuff like that because uh, I'm a very open-minded guy but I'm also a realist that I can see how certain things happen right just like kind of any society I saw this in Thailand a lot too like you know there's girls who work at these like bars and they like take money from guys and like so the stereotypes that you see about even Thailand or Ukraine or just take any country forget Ukraine like I don't want to talk about it specifically from this sense is that there's always like different for lack of a better word classes of people with different morals and ethics mm -hmm. right and that small little sliver of girls who are doing that in Bangkok, in mm. Phuket, in uh, Ukraine, in, in Las Russia, Vegas, where, in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I, I really yeah. don't like that people have the stereotype that it's only Ukrainian. I mean, mm. in Las Vegas, I know this happening to a lot of my yeah. friends, right? But anyways, any self-respectable person, I can tell you in Ukraine, doesn't do that kind yeah. of stuff. If anything, any they're normal the complete person. opposite. Yes. If anything, like I, I have I, – I remember – Going on, on a date with a girl, and actually not just like once, just it happened many times. The girl is so afraid of putting, being put in that stereotype that they just won't let me spend money at all. Like we'll go, we'll go for a date, and they will insist on just going for like a five-hour walk around the city to get to know each other. Yeah. And then I'll like try to take them to dinner or like spend some money, and they're like, no, 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 we can just. Um, like I'll eat at home later. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. They're they're like any normal person who who wants to have you to have a good image of them, especially in a country where there's like lots of stereotypes about them. Who wants you to view them in in a positive light is not gonna like uh, do that kind of stuff. So when I hear the few stories that because uh, I, I generally don't interact, like I said, I, most of my friends are all of my friends are Ukrainian, so I, I don't really hear too many of these stories. But I see it online and like you know I, I watch TV shows yeah. and I'm on social media, so I'm obviously like seeing the stuff. And I'm watching, I'm like, God, like, this is like, this is like, uh, somehow, like, of course it makes for good TV. That's why it becomes popular, yeah. right? Like the show 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. Oh, I oh love that God, show. Oh, it's, it's, it's great <laughs> drama. But, you know, when you live here, you realize that these are like the weird, like, of course, as Americans, you can be like, yeah, these are like pretty extreme American guys, mm -hmm. right? And then and when you've been in Ukraine long enough, you're like, yeah, these are not like, uh, I can't speak for all of them. So, but the few that I can I've seen, I've like, uh, no, I, I can't speak for all of them and that some of them were pretty, some of them were normal and some of them were like, I was like, okay, this, this girl's like clearly like, this guy really did it to himself. Yeah. Like, I would definitely say if, if someone is kind of naive or not that street smart or you're afraid of speaking up or like, I don't know, just, I don't want to say you're like a weak traveler, but like just like an inexperienced traveler, someone who hasn't lived abroad. Ukraine will probably eat you up and spit you out. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you come and you take personal responsibility, you're like relatively, you know, a street smart, you can survive, not just survive, but you can you can avoid these bad things and then you can have a, the 
the most trustworthy, best friends and relationships. I would say even more than the U.S. You know, and uh, something that that we kind of very briefly mentioned on the other podcast we can get into now is I just bought uh, an apartment. Well, I put a deposit down on an apartment, actually. Yeah, waiting for you to close, man, so we can have the house warming. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And there were and pretty much every single person that I had – you know, mentioned it to or had watched my YouTube channel where I was looking at apartments, they all warned me about the scams. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is there's a ton of scams. So it's not, you know, it's not like the U.S. where you buy a place, you have title insurance where like everything's guaranteed. Uh, you know, it's a very straightforward progress where like you, you know, you, you make an offer, you, and even if you put down a deposit, you, you know, you can completely get out and get your, all your money back if it doesn't pass inspection. Here, I didn't realize this, but and luckily I found out before I put down the deposit. Once you put down the deposit, that's it. Like the pretty much the place is yours. Like mm-hmm. you can't really go and be like, "Hey, the plumbing doesn't work," or like electricity doesn't work. And they're like, "Oh, too bad." You like either you you know you, um, I keep the five thousand dollar deposit you put down, or you know, or you buy the place. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a different system, but. I will say also, I think I think a lot of again, like my 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 background is in investment banking, private equity, like real estate, and I will tell you the one thing I don't like about uh, especially American business people is that they find too much safety and comfort in contracts and all this like legal safety net system, mm-hmm. and I, I think. Uh, the coronavirus was the best example of this, right? Which is like people, and again, like I, I get that there's trust in a system, but you have to understand that, like, at the end, like for example, when I do business with somebody, like, some people are like pretty trust, not trusting, but they just have this philosophy, which is like, I can do business with a shady person, but if I have a good legal contract, nothing can go wrong. <laughs> I mean, like, there's many problems that can be caused by a person who's like not ethical or like uh, not a even like a good uh, philosophical fit or good cultural fit of you doing business with them or you're just not on the same page where a lot of problems can happen, mm-hmm. right? And again, like in the US, there's too much like trusting in this, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, I bought this thing. It seems like not so good, but I'll, I, there's this insurance. But in the US, we've seen this. Like sometimes insurance companies will not pay you out, mm-hmm. right? Or they'll pay you very little. Like, and it's funny, but like there's so much trust in this. That's why, uh, you know, in Ukraine, it's, it's more like you do your real due diligence, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hey, bosses, wanted to take a commercial break and let you know about this week's sponsor, athleticbrewing.co. If you are not sipping on a tasty beverage right now, go to the fridge and grab a can of something delicious. And if you're like me and you don't want to drink alcohol during the day, but you still want to have a tasty drink like an all-out stout or an upside down uh you know beer or seltzer or something you can check out athleticbrewing.com and you can actually use a promo code boss20 to save 20 percent off any of these non-alcoholic brews uh anything from run wild ipa to upside down golden ale there's a ton of delicious drinks and they keep adding more I would get the variety case just to see what you like. Uh, but the Free Wave Hazy IPA sounds good. Cerveza uh, Athletica sounds good. Actually, they all sound good. The First Ride Coffee Porter. And this is a great way to have a tasty, non-alcoholic brew. Uh, that's actually still a craft beer. And because it's non-alcoholic, you can drink any time. And it can be delivered to your door. 
So go to athleticbrewing.com and use promo code BOSS20. Hey bosses, this week's sponsor is rerouted.co. So if you have a bunch of outdoor gear laying around, maybe at your parents' house, maybe in a closet somewhere, this is a great way to sell some gear, get some cash, and free up some space. As you know, I am a minimalist at heart. I like to travel very lightly, very slowly. So those winter boots or that winter coat that I no longer need, I can sell them on rerouted.co. It's also a great place to buy secondhand gear. Not only is it good for the environment to upcycle, but you could also get a great deal and it's good for your wallet. So taking a look around, there's everything from backpacks to you know, hiking shoes to uh, snowboard gear. <laughs> if you want to get ready for next year, maybe get a good deal. Sandals, packable, uh, raincoats, t-shirts, clothing, whatever you need. Check them out at rerouted.co. It's great to sell, it's great to buy, and it's great for the environment. I will not do business with you unless we have a strong relationship, right? Because I need to know you. I need to know who you are as a person. And like, you know, that's why a lot of these restaurants were doing handshakes. We're uh, getting to know each other. You know, a little bit of alcohol. Like I've had many business meetings where we drink alcohol because it's, it's a relationship culture. So, yeah. you know, a little alcohol takes the mask so people can really see who you are. And like, you know, and I agree with this philosophy a lot, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's ironically what uh, gets a lot of Americans in trouble in their investment in their business is that they feel safety in this system that that may or may not be there. Like for mm. example, GIs, right? Like they go to war, they think they're going to get all this like uh, veterans benefit going to the hospital, and now they have like long wait times, mm. right? Like just like everybody's so. Uh, I think it's like um, maybe propaganda is too strong of a word, but we have this like uh, view that the system is like strong; it'll always mm. be there. Like we have this like machine that's running but mm -hmm. i think when you really take a look at the the social services and the machine uh, like our legal system all this it's more fragile than you think it is and i think the coronavirus really showed and just like when there's natural disasters like i remember when there was like hurricane katrina on yeah. this stuff and like some some insurance companies were not paying out and like you know you just have to you just have to do business that makes sense yeah right? I, I definitely agree with that and a lot of people don't also realize that we're paying for that that's that security or that insurance it that's why things in the u.s are so expensive you know when they ask like why is healthcare so expensive you know and part of it is because every doctor needs to have insurance against getting sued like this super expensive malpractice insurance there's also you know all these other things that like add up and it's not free you know like when you buy a house like title insurance isn't free you know but also things like low interest rates are not free like the reason why houses are so expensive in north america is because credit is cheap yeah you know and that's why somebody who doesn't mind spending 10 percent over asking price because they're like oh that's only a couple hundred bucks extra per month yeah you know and in ukraine more you know uh, interest is like 14 percent so it keeps out a lot of buyers because if you don't have cash and it keeps you know prices stable because People can't come in and be like, "Oh, I'll put a you know thirty, forty year mortgage on this and you know, overpay." Like they they have to pay like what the property is actually worth. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that, that's that's why I was trying to tie it in with this whole like investment bank private equity thing, because especially the higher level that you go, the more you can hire like these really sophisticated lawyers. Like you're you know like charging like thousand dollars an hour. These great accountants. Mm -hmm. 
and you you feel the safety net behind this system but yeah. actually when you look at the underlying thing it's the it's the real same thing like yeah. this is the one thing i learned uh, uh one of the biggest eye-opening thing like for example financial statements right mm -hmm. like when i was young when i was a kid i thought like an audited financial statement meant it was true like it mm -hmm. had to be true like freaking KPMG or whatever, Arthur Anderson at the time, like approved it, right? Uh -huh. But as we saw with Enron, with Arthur mm -hmm. Anderson. And that's why, you know, a lot of novice investors, people want to do business, especially if they want to do it not in their home country. Because the more the more you do it, uh, how to say, outside of your home country or away, you, the more skill you have to have to yeah. see this stuff. And you have to realize that like, you can't just take things on face value, especially mm -hmm. like look at financial statements. Like a lot of frauds happen and they're stamped of approval yeah. by, you know, signed off by the CEO, CFO, and like uh, the accounting firm, yeah. right? Wasn't that their crazy European company too that uh, like $5 billion went missing or something? There was some yeah. payments company and they were just like, it disappeared, it's you know? Not, yeah. Some yeah. guy just like stole it. Yeah. And here it's like, you, every, everybody's not very trusting. So you have to do your DD yourself. It's your responsibility. Like I put down, uh, so I, this is the third property that I basically agreed to buy. And the first one ended up being, I don't, I don't know if it's actually shady or not. Maybe, I mean, it's definitely shady. It's in some aspect, but basically he wanted a suitcase full of cash and maybe he was just being shady to the government where he didn't want to pay tax. But he could have been shady to me and hiding something. Who knows, right? But anyways. Well, I will tell you that yeah. that's uh, traditionally how they do it here. Which is crazy because they don't trust – they didn't trust banks. Yeah, why would you trust it? There's lots of – because here – that's why I say every country has pros and cons. Here, yeah. uh, the banks have lots of failures. Mm -hmm. Like one of my really good friends, her uh, family's life savings got wiped out because one of the banks just went under because they were having yeah. – and it had nothing to do with banking stuff. It had to do with like the, the – the owner of the company was having conflict with another mm. person, made the wrong enemy, and they basically like pushed it into bankruptcy. Wow. Yeah, and then you're just like a third-party bystander. So that's why they prefer uh, doing things like a lot of Ukrainians have like money is under the mattress. Like it's, yeah. they just don't trust the banking. But that's also why real estate is very popular mm -hmm. here because that's the only real form of savings here. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Just thought I'd add that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I'm, actually, that's, I think, why prices for real estate in, in, in Kiev or Ukraine are actually, it seems high for being a poor country. But at the same time, it's because, you, I, I, I think I see it from two, two sides. One is I actually think it's very low compared and cheap compared to other European other, countries. Yeah, especially course. or like per Moscow or something. Yeah, yeah. like it's $2,000 per square meter to be like right in the yep. center. You can get it for as low as a thousand, even some, you know, on the outskirts. Which... Well, let's not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any normal person will want that one. Yeah. Okay. But one thousand seven hundred is more like uh, decent. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> talk about a thousand. It's <laughs> but like, I mean, and here's but here's the thing. The funny thing is, when I told uh, people that I was looking, you know, between a hundred and hundred fifty thousand dollars for for an apartment, and a lot, first off, people don't people in California don't, don't understand buying an apartment it, it, i have to i have to like almost say to them like i'm buying a condo even though it's not a condo i think people in new york or people in europe they understand like you buy an apartment like actually what is the difference actually you know i think i think technically a condo i don't know i haven't been in real estate a long time i, I never sold condos or apartments it was obviously like uh houses and things like that um i guess condo is just a bigger apartment I don't know because some condos are tiny, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I, I, I'm sure there's some kind of like a legal definition or zoning thing, which is why they're called that, maybe. But like, 
from from all from 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 a commonality standpoint, mm. I think I think they can be used pretty interchangeably. Dude, some of these uh, flats in Ukraine are like three three stories tall. Yeah, like they'll like I'll tell you something funny. I don't know if you know this, but like. Uh, a lot of times when uh, uh, somebody has like a flat, right? They'll buy the one next to it mm. or the one above it and you just like start demolishing it. Like there's no, in that sense, there's really no rule of law and you just yeah. start building it. That's why neighbors are complaining that there's like things uh, making noise. I know some people who have a three-story tall, uh, they, they own like the top three stories mm. or they, they buy the house next to it and they break down the wall. Mm. In fact, one profitable strategy um, is buying like a really big... Uh, flat like a hundred hundred square meter flat yeah. and you can easily divide it yeah. and sell it and then some of the parts uh is uh, higher than it's uh individual and then you that's how a lot of real estate investors and flippers do it here yeah that definitely makes sense because no like a hundred square meters is what like three three hundred oh i mean it's a lot like yeah it's, it's big it's it's it's, it's big like it, and uh, having Having uh, many rooms is not so popular here because it's mm -hmm. mostly for families. So if yeah. you, it's easier if you're looking to rent it or sell it very quickly to have like a one bedroom or studio. Yeah, and that means it should be anywhere between like the thirty-five to fifty square meter range. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you can even get something for like seventy square meters and then divide it. Yeah, I, I know that's super popular in like Hong Kong now, where like they like divide it to like these micro studios. And it's just cause it's, it's expensive. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to live there in Hong Kong, but it's crazy. Yeah. But one thing that's actually really popular with Ukrainians now, especially, I don't want to say the younger generation, because you know it could be people like who are you know forty and just buying their first place, is not buying these old historical buildings in the center, but kind of going like twenty thirty minutes away and buying new construction buildings, kind of on a little bit on the outskirts, and I think they like it because it's brand new, uh, you know, it's they get a nicer kind of you know, bigger place and it's, it's, it's slightly cheaper, but sometimes it's not even that much cheaper. It still might be, you know, close to 2000 per square meter, but they just have like a nicer brand new place. My personal thought is they're all going to end up regretting it in five or 10 years because first, usually it's thinner walls, kind of crappy construction. But second, they're now 20 minutes away and traffic is just going to get worse and worse. The more people move out and get cars. Yes and no. I'll add some context to this because I also had a very interesting, uh, interesting uh, view of this as well that I learned. Well, so one of it, it's not that it's like new that they're trying to uh, get these like new buildings where it's like a new car, mm -hmm. right? It's it's really that uh, it's it's really ingrained uh, in a lot of like I've seen this in culture that they 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 value comfortability. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like as you've seen, there's a lot of really, you know, again, there's many positives in Ukraine, but there's a lot of like negative, like irritating, like little things that add up to in uh -huh. the day that just like eats away at your like soul and your psyche. Because like, you know, just, you know, this inconvenience and that yeah. inconvenience and this. So just simply having a working elevator that like has enough elevators for the for the entire complex is like it saves them. Uh -huh. um, just uh, having like. Uh, like I lived in center one time. They rehabbed the building, the the flat. Like it's very popular to do, and um, you know, the, sometimes the water is weird, or yeah. it just, so it's just about like having this like, like in America, I think we really take for granted having like consistently hot water, or like for example, like the heaters here is not like the regular what do you call it, air heaters that we have. It's like you're turning on this water boiler, and I'm I'm constantly like 
opening the window, closing it, trying to get like the temperature <laughs> yeah. right. Like you know, and and, it, and it's it's okay, but like if you're running like an intense business or you have a busy day, you have children, like it's just like one less thing to take off mm. of your plate. Um, so I, I'll give you another example too. There was this restaurant, and my friends uh, kind of gave me perspective because you know they they go to these like really high end places. Um, the guys and the girls that I know here. Um, there's this restaurant called Queen's Restaurant, and okay. it's kind of like the most uh, posh uh, luxury place. I saw it being built. It's actually off of the highway. It's not in the center. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, as I drive from my house to the center, it's like in between. Okay. And I live the distance between like Fremont to uh, San Francisco. So like 30, 40 minutes away from, from Exactly. The yeah. So it's like there, right? And it's like this big building. And when it was being built, I was like it's kind of an aggressive move here. Like, you know, why did they build it out here? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's so nuts. Like who the heck would come to this thing? Uh-huh. And my friend said, Frank, if it's fancy, they will go. They will go. Uh. And I said, I don't know. So I went a couple times when they first opened. It was good. It is the hottest, most packed place wow. all the time. Yeah. They will, you know, I think it's also, uh, the, the best way I can think about, uh, Ukraine is that it's kind of like 20 being in the US but 20 years behind yeah. right so everything that we've already experienced and we went over that curve they're experiencing that curve for the first time uh-huh. so for example like we're into deliveries yeah. right we love this kind of convenience uh-huh. because we've already been spoiled for so many decades about the in dining experience mm-hmm. but here they just just only like I think like I don't quote me on this because I wasn't here at the time but my friends were telling me like 15 years ago 10 years ago, there wasn't really much food options. Mm. Now there's tons of Italian food. Yeah. Now there's tons of like, now, actually when I first came here, I couldn't find guacamole. I love mm-hmm. Mexican food. And it was really hard to find Mexican food and guacamole. Now, I mean like, it was like a, a day I was like clapping when I went to my local supermarket and I said, wow, it's a park, it's a packet of taco seasoning. Yeah, it, okay. This, this yeah. country is like evolving, you know? Uh-huh. Like, so for them, like this in dining experience is like really important for Mm -hmm. them so that's why i try to always keep an open mind whenever i'm investing in a country or investing in like uh, understanding his local dynamics because it's where they are in that growth curve yeah so that's why they're like super into like newer buildings because i think and uh these restaurants because we we've already it's kind of like we've already been there done that yeah for them it's like wow we're leaving the house like they like to leave the house like before it was like not so easy and there wasn't so many options yeah and also think of it as they see it kind of as like a event like to go to a restaurant like not that they can't you know because for some people they literally can't afford to go more than you know once a week or once a month or something yeah but it's also kind of just like you're going there and you're like we're going to a restaurant like that's what we are doing this weekend yeah in the U.S., it's kind of like, okay, we're going to go eat. Yeah. And then what, what do you guys want to do after? Like, But here, like, they'll spend hours there. That's why they have you know places for the kids to play. Yeah. This is why there's shisha or, like, or hookah at every restaurant so you can stay and like, hang out for a few hours. Yep. A lot, some restaurants, it's, it's funny, but there's literally dinner and dancing, which is a term I've always heard, but I didn't actually know what it meant. Yeah, it's like not only fish. Like you'll you'll have if it's a Friday night, you'll start having dinner there and drinking. It's like seven eight p.m. By ten p.m., the DJ starts playing and like everybody's like dancing in the middle of the restaurant. You're ordering like some sushi. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Like yeah, you know the craziest thing is funny that you brought that up. Is like watching people smoke uh, hookah in nightclubs where there's people dancing. And like my American side, when I first came, I was like, wow, that's like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Uh-huh. Like no no American place would do this and 
I've never seen anyone actually get hurt. Like everyone's pretty responsible. Yeah. Like no, I've never seen anyone get burnt or fall over. Or, like you know, nobody sued. You know, maybe somebody touched it. Like ow. Like nobody's yeah. like, I'm gonna sue you. I'm yeah. gonna who's the owner? Like nobody does that stuff yeah. here. Like it's, it's personal responsibility here. Like if you and in Asia too, like in Thailand, there was there's like you know cracks in the road or like you know some missing brick or something. It's it's just pretty common, right? So people pay attention when they walk. In the U.S. People don't pay attention at all. They take no personal responsibility because they're like, "I'll sue." Like something happens, I'm gonna sue. Yeah. So first, that 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 litigation society makes everything more expensive. Yes, for sure. Secondly, it makes everything kind of like so cookie cutter and like un like you lose the character, you know. Versus in Ukraine, what I like about it is it literally is like the U.S. 20, 30, 40 years ago. You know, maybe maybe twenty, you know, ten, twenty years ago, and it. It feels more real. It feels more authentic, and it's not just these like cookie cutter suburban areas that have one Best Buy, one gym, one supermarket, one bank. You know, just like yeah. literally copy and pasted all around the country. Yep. And I'll give you another example, like to to really drive it home. And the reason I say it's like twenty, thirty years behind, I don't mean it in a in a derogatory way. I mean that actually, those are really great elements. In mm. that, for example, shopping malls are dying in the U.S. Yeah. Here, they're booming. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, again, it's like a new experience. Like what we experienced in our child, going to the mall, mm -hmm. meeting people, trying different foods, like, you know, window shopping. Like it's great here. So there's some elements that are just like uh, that. I think that was one of the most challenging things uh, that most people experience is like buying stuff. Because yeah. the thing here is there's no Amazon here. Yeah. And their version of Amazon here doesn't work like as conveniently as in oh. the U.S., you know. So I remember, uh, you know, people who came from other countries um, reading in the forums and or the Facebook groups and they're like, how do I find this? How do I find that? And I just, I'm subscribed to this group just to read the news and some mm -hmm. things that are in English. And I see a lot of people struggling and it's hard because just like in our childhood, it's like, okay, I need a scarf. I need this. Where would it be? Hmm, which mall, which, yeah. could, you know, and you just have to go and check it out. It's, uh, I'm not saying it's the most efficient thing, of it's course. It's definitely not, but it's, just it's kind of, it you get this vulnerability of, of life and, this is also why relationships are important. A lot of times you have to ask somebody like how to get something. Yeah, and actually, but that that's also what makes the op and the reason I, uh, there's a bigger reason I, I remember now why I'm talking about this whole, they're behind 20, 30 years. It's not to say that they're like a uh, not sophisticated society. It's, it's actually that they have like a lot of uh, opportunities. Yes. So like I'm a big believer in business that like I used to watch so many document, I watched pretty much every business documentary from like low budget, to like a one person documentary to like the really highly produced Netflix mm. ones, bios, business situations. And I really believe that uh, it's like sports. Like the more plays that you see, mm. the more that you can see a situation, you know which playbook to use, mm. right? So it's like kind of setting the history. So when you, when I compare it to US 20, 30 years ago, it's like the playbooks that work, who built big businesses there, I'm seeing in Ukraine. Yep. Like all the business owners here, basically, if you can give a really great high quality service, which means you just like give a shit about like what you do as a craft, mm -hmm. you can already earn lots of money, yeah. right? In the US, like you're already having to do AI this, machine learning, yeah. like food delivery with AI, machine learning, decision making, like, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah at your fingertip. Like, it's like everything's like, uh, like for example, Amazon's a sh shipping, uh, shopping company that had to be like experts in logistics, yeah. right? Um, and eventually Ukraine will get to that level. And they, they, you know, I would say their pace of growth is even faster. They, they, almost each year, I don't even recognize the country anymore. Yeah. They, like for example, their food scene, their, uh, 
their technology scene, everything, you know, I would say that like, it really is kind of like being in like a startup. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, has this feeling of like a, a startup where every day, every week, every month, one of my friends or a friend of a friend's inviting me to events or there's this new project, mm-hmm. there's this new uh, product, this new service, like, and it's, it's, it's really interesting. And so I couldn't speak highly enough about uh, the people here and living here. Yeah, and, and they're definitely, like it makes sense. And I agree that on one hand, you, it, it's like when we say it's like, you know, in the US 20 years ago, I also don't mean it in a derogatory way. I, I mean, there's the benefits of the it's lifestyle. It's just where they are in the yeah. growth curve of yeah. a nation. Exactly. And and like and it's for me it's more like culturally the 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 way people do things or things that people value versus technology because technology they're super advanced. You know, the internet here is better than the US. It's more available, it's cheaper. Yeah. Like it's fast. <laughs> it's really fast. Like and it's everywhere. Like literally yeah. everywhere. I'm in the metro underground going like, you know, 70 miles an hour. And I have 4G. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't even have reception in like, you know, like any, like, like a lot of places in the US, like a lot of houses don't even have reception. Yeah. And here I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you know, 50 you know, meters underground and it's insane. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, every country has their own pros and cons. There's a lot of things Ukraine does better than uh, other nations. And there's yeah. some things that they don't do as well. Yeah. Like every, that's why like, you know, for people who are interested in like traveling or traveling to different country, you shouldn't go just purely off based like uh, somebody having a really great experience mm-hmm. there. It's, it's really based on like who you are as a person. Yeah. Right? Like for me, for example, I'm half Thai. I went to Thailand like almost 15 times because I had to go every summer uh-huh. to visit my family and stuff. It wasn't like real vacation. I, I, I can't survive in Thailand. Mm. I don't like humid weather. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like feeling like when I walk out of the house, I need to walk into another building yeah. so I don't feel like I need to take a shower again. Okay. You know, it's pros and cons. But a lot of Ukrainians, they love oh, Thailand. Yeah. They love Bali. They love that weather. And I complain about it. They're like, really it's like no sweat off of my back and they're yeah. like why do you like ukraine it's so cold i'm like actually i don't mind it too much like yeah. everybody's different so mm. you just kind of have to find um your uh, your scene yeah right? have you so I, i'm assuming you, like you've traveled quite a bit like have you lived anywhere else or is there anywhere else you tra- no, travel yeah. to I, I, actually i'm not i'm not a big traveler uh i worked so much it was like really hard opportunity to travel so i only went to places because my family members lived okay. there so i didn't have big traveling experiences uh but that gets me to this point which is one thing that Ukrainians love to do is travel. Yeah. It's like you ask anybody what their hobbies are like, I, I love to travel. I want to travel. They have like yeah. such popular Dreaming YouTube channels. Yeah. yeah they, I they, watch. Yeah. yeah. They have all these travel TV channels. And, um, and actually, so the last three years I started traveling with my friends a lot more mm-hmm. and these groups. And it really uh, opened my eyes to countries that I would never have gone to. Hey, what's um, funny is there is a whole set of countries that Ukrainians go to all and Russians go to all the time that as Americans, we don't even think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the two most popular destinations for Ukrainians is Turkey and Egypt. Yep. And those are two places that Americans just don't go to. It's our version of Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. It's and the cheap. Caribbean islands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, Georgia. Like country of Georgia, they, oh, they yeah, love Tbilisi, it. Oh yeah, Tbilisi and stuff like that. Yeah, and like we just never go to these places ever. I mean, first we we don't know about it. Like most Americans don't even know Georgia as a country. They never th- ever thought about going to Turkey, but for them, it's like it's literally like them going to to Cancun or to you know to yeah. Tulum. Yeah. Actually, uh, along those lines, like it's uh, that was one of the really big positives. Uh, so again, I mostly came here for work, but then I started seeing like the the. Um, 
the prof- uh, the personal life benefits yeah. of making like a key of my home base, which is like a, uh, t- about a year ago actually. Uh, one of the girls, uh, she's uh, one of the most popular uh, like bloggers and like influencers here for like high end restaurants. Mm-hmm. And she wanted, it was her dream for her birthday to do this Italy trip. So all the friends in, uh, were like, okay, we're going to Italy. And I remember I went to Italy with uh, all my friends and everyone in the U.S. like, oh, my God, you went to Italy. Uh-huh. Like, it's amazing. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, it's kind of like going to Arizona for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're right next door. The, the cost is like, the, the tickets were so cheap. Like, everyone, you know, like, bought tickets themselves. It wasn't like uh, something, like, outrageous. Like, because even for me, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to Italy. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then when I, uh, because like, you know, you, you think about this long flight, you think yeah. about this foreign country, but like, it's no different than going to like Miami yeah, or like yeah. Texas. It's like really the hours, the distance and the uh-huh. cost is almost similar. So yeah. it's like, that's what I like about this. You can travel a few hours and you're completely different culture. In yeah. the U.S., you travel a few hours, you're in, you're, you're, you're yeah, back in the U.S. Like yeah, you're, you're still there. I mean, you yeah. might still be in Texas. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Actually, I know a girl who's like a university age. She's like 20 or something. And, you know, she doesn't have that, lot, that much money, but she wanted to do a trip, like, during a break. So her and a friend took a bus to Italy. And they, like, and, and it was, like, an organized tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For super cheap. It was, like, 300 bucks or something yeah. for, you know, five or seven days. They basically took them through, like, uh, Czech Republic and then some other countries kind of on the way. Yeah. And they chose the option, the cheaper option of just sleeping on the bus mm-hmm. instead of getting a hotel, which I never, I, I wouldn't do now. But when I was 20, I, and you told me, hey, Johnny, for 300 bucks, you can go to Prague, you can go to Italy, you can go to whatever. You just have to sleep on the bus. I would have been like, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, everything is local. Like, uh, for my birthday, okay, one, one splurge I did. I try not to do too much of this, but I love Mexican food. Uh-huh. As I said, like, I love it. And so on my birthday, I uh, flew for 24 hours. Just I flew from here, went to Spain, found a really good Mexican restaurant that I really like a lot, ate there, then flew back. Oh, my God. And it sounds like pretty excessive, but it's kind of like, you know, I know I have some friends who drew, went from California, I mean, uh, uh, the Bay Area to go to L.A. to go eat something like uh, either they're into like some kind of food and come back. But it was kind of like the same. But it just sounds like aggressive, right? Yeah. But it's actually like it's not so bad. Okay. It was funny because I guess – well, you know what? Spain has so many – like such a variety of restaurants. But I remember when I first went to Spain, I just assumed the Spanish food was going to be like Mexican food. And it's, it's nothing like it. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was specifically uh, a Mexican restaurant in Spain. It just happened okay. to be like close. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. But I mean that is one good thing – one great thing about being based in Ukraine is there's – I mean we are in – it, we technically, we're still in Europe, but we're very close to also these other countries that we normally would never go to. And there's direct flights or cheap flights to, you know, you know, a lot of countries in Europe, but also to places like Georgia, to, you know, places like, like, there's so many uh, people going to like Bali or going to Sri Lanka or going to Thailand or something from here that there's cheap oh, flights. I love it. Yeah. They love they they love Thailand so much. Oh my god. You know the menus in uh I'm pretty sure you saw the menus in like a, a Phuket are in the Russian. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, they they love they love these places so much. I'm like, please have yeah. it. Like, and, you know? Yeah. And places in Sri Lanka. There's like some uh beaches that like they literally handed me a Russian menu and I'm like <laughs> well, like why would you like I was like I can kind of read it, but like why did you have to hand this to me? Yeah, they just assume because they're so it's uh, so popular and uh 
Yeah, I, I would say that uh, for anyone who's considering, this is a great place, you know, uh, it's, uh, I, I would recommend anyone to come. In fact, many, many people uh, came to Kiev and Ukraine because of uh, me, because I, obviously I, I live here, and so many of my friends, family members, yeah. and they all love it, like, especially if you're a foodie. If you're a foodie, you have to really come to Ukraine, like uh, uh, Kiev specifically. I mean, it's 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 a foodie's paradise. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I personally, you know, s- still love the Italian food in Italy. Uh, I would so I would definitely make a trip there just to eat and then come back. But I would agree the the pizza and the the Italian food here is very good, especially the it's last really couple of years. Good. Like, yeah, and the service really here is going to be way better. It's going to be way cheaper, uh, and some food, not Asian food, <laughs> in general. Uh, and definitely not Mexican food, but some food like Georgian food. And I've been to both countries. I lived in Georgia for like three months. Oh. I, th- I think that the Georgian food here is actually tastier than the, most of the Georgian food in Georgia. I'm telling you, you know, it comes down to their culture as well. Like, um, I'm not sure if this is 100% accurate, but like somebody was explaining this to me. So one thing apparently, I don't know if it's just Ukraine specific, but Slavic culture. So I think it applies to Belarus. Or, mm-hmm. And again, I only heard it from one source. I, I can't verify this content. But apparently it's like really popular to complain. Yeah. Like it's like, and, and then I heard a, 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 a modified version, which is because it shows like your class, like that you're like uh, have some mm-hmm. education or you're like higher class that like okay. you, you, you want things exact and you, want, you complain, right? And uh, like for example, if you look at a review for like um, for a co-working space, right? Yeah. It's pretty aggressive to give somebody a three-star, two-star review. Like they must have done something really bad. Like mm-hmm. they change your booking time. Like mm-hmm. they'll be like, the interior design is really bland. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I don't. They'll they'll, they'll their their comments are like really really nitty, and mm-hmm. that's actually what pushes the standard higher, mm-hmm. yeah. especially in all these expensive restaurants. Like all these uh, wealthy politicians, all the all these. Uh, Business owners, they've been to these countries. They mm-hmm. know what Western standards are. And they're like, no, like if we're going to do it like this, we're going to do it like this, mm-hmm. right? And the owners of these restaurants are also traveling to these countries. So they're like, yes, we're going to bring these standards here. Mm-hmm. So and it's, it's, so basically, it's, it's a, it's a, I feel it's from having such a fickle uh, mm-hmm. client base. I'll give you another example real quick, like restaurants. Yeah. Restaurants here commonly have seasonal menus. Yeah. And they all have like their winter menu, their fall menu, mm. their spring menu. And I was talking because like uh, a couple of my friends own some um, relatively big restaurants here. And I was like, why are you doing this? Don't, aren't you adding a lot of complexity to mm. your business? Like it seems like such a nice to have. And what I started realizing more and more and more is that like Ukrainians really crave um, originality. Mm-hmm. They, they they crave creativity. Like mm. they they – they rank you very high in that. That's why uh, they're. If you look at their photographers and their photography skills, their video skills, uh, their editing skills, yeah. their color grading skills, their interior design skills. Uh, that's why all of it, their restaurant design skills, their their food, the presentation, like it all gets pushed up because they they highly value that, like yeah. the experience. The U.S. is more like okay, you just throw the like. For example, another big example, uh, McDonald's. Yeah. In U.S., they just. Slap it together, throw it in your face, like, okay, this is your burger. Yeah. When you get McDonald's here, it looks like in the photo. It actually does. Yeah, it looks like the photo. Yeah, yeah. It looks like, you know, like you can recognize the filet o fish that yeah. you ordered. It doesn't look like, oh, the bun's on, you know, pulled to the side. Because in the US, it's kind of like, well, you know, you went to McDonald's, what'd you expect? Here it's like, yeah. well, you ordered something, you ordered it like this, and we're going to do the best job possible. Yeah. Or else somebody's going to really complain. Yeah, I definitely see that. And I also think it's because people here value their money because money, I mean, 
for most people, they don't make that much money, the mm -hmm. average salary. So when they go to a restaurant, they want to have an, an experience, you know, uh, or else they would have just stayed home and cooked. In the U.S., a lot of people don't cook anyways, so they're just eating every, literally every meal out, and they just kind of they're like, oh, whatever. Like, if it's not good, like, it's not that big of a deal. You make an extremely good point. That's, yeah. that's exactly the, one of the best differences between how we view eating out versus them. For us, it's more of like a mechanical choice. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's more optimal for me to not wash dishes and do all this stuff and buy groceries mm -hmm. and, like, eat at a restaurant. Sometimes it's even cheaper yeah. than to, like, get all these ingredients from, like, uh, Whole Foods or something mm -hmm. if you're into that. Um, but here it's, yeah, it's more like a, an experience mm -hmm. rather than like a mechanism of like, I want a different version of getting food into my stomach. It's yeah. like, I'm going to this restaurant and that's why a lot of a very popular thing that people do for their birthdays. Like I know a lot of people who, uh, they, it's, it's, uh, a lot of people eat at home. Like it's a very mm -hmm. like yeah. homely culture. Uh, and, uh, but for birthdays or something like this, they do it in a restaurant. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's really like, they see it as like an event, which I think is great. It keeps the level very high. And, uh, yeah, they, they push the level of creativity pretty high, but there's a lot of pressure on them. So yeah. I wouldn't want to be in the restaurant business in Ukraine. Like you'll, you constantly have to innovate. Yeah. And, and, and funny thing is I actually hate seasonal menus or like house special cocktails where I'm like, look, if it was something good it would already be a, a classic or it would be on the normal menu but i i do now i understand why like people want a different unique experience and they also want something kind of like new and fun yeah versus just going and having you know like something standard that they can get all the time yeah you yeah. know yeah cooking is not a lost uh, skill here so yeah. it's not like you're you're going to go to a restaurant because you can't cook a certain dish or like something like that you, you truly value the whole that's why they talk about the interior design the the oh. The, the the plating of it like it, it's not just as simple as just like put the food on the table and give it to me yeah so that so how long have you lived here I think uh, almost three a little over three years wow yeah, yeah. And, and what are your kind of future plans how long do you, you want to stay I have no plans to leave um, oh, nice. assuming that you know I always uh, add the asterisk which is like assuming that nothing changes culturally or politically or anything like that it I, I, I find it it matches me very well like and the reason I say this is because one big fear I have about Kiev and um, in Ukraine in general, and I really want to keep its soul intact, mm -hmm. is that uh, I saw this happen with Thailand when I was a child, like uh, three, four, five years old. It was truly the land of smiles. Yeah. And then it kind of got wrecked. Uh, yeah. Let's just talk really obvious here. Like, what is the brand of Bangkok right uh -huh. now? It's, it's pretty much like a place where you come, you drink, you get yeah. drunk, you do debaucherous stuff, yeah. and, and you don't really respect the people there. And they're yeah. kind of over it, right? Yeah. They're like, okay, more foreigners are coming here just to treat us like, you know, yeah. we're like lesser human beings uh -huh. right and of course what happens to the culture there like uh, don't get me wrong they, it's still big into tourism and they, they they are like generally happy people but like for me i saw the shift within 20 years yeah. like i saw it change so that's a good example so places that are just kind of for tourism in in uh in thailand like phuket kopipi um Koh Samoy, parts of bangkok People are it, – it's it's crazy. And actually, my, my co-host Sam Marks on the other podcast, he it breaks his heart. He always, he's always like he's – he's like their biggest defender. Basically, it's kind of like the chicken or egg, but it probably started with the foreigners where they come. They're drunk and rude and uh, – Disrespectful. Disrespect, yeah. yeah. And these Thai people in the beginning, they're like so polite and so yeah. calm. Like their, their, their culture is – they're like – they're so like – 
the opposite of being aggressive, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, like they'll tolerate everything. Yeah. But at some point... Too much is too much. It's too much. Like, yeah. and, and they're human, you know? So they will snap and they're like, you know what? Screw these foreigners that come and they're so fucking yeah, rude. Yeah, screw your money. Like, don't... Yeah. Any normal human being is going to be like, I'm not going to sit here yeah. being disrespected. So either they just, like, say, like, screw these people. We don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. Or they're going to say, well, you know what? All they're good for is money. So let's just... Let's just take their money and be rude to them back. I mean, it's logical, right? Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, if you're going to treat us like a transaction, I'll treat it like a transaction. Yeah. Like, you know, then it loses its soul and its purpose. Yeah. And the bad thing about that is it, then it then it's really hard for someone who comes and, you know, they are trying to be nice and polite. They're not rude. But then, you know, these type of people who have dealt with nothing but rude people for the last 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, they're being rude or they're you know, kind of cheating them or charging char- them too much. So then, then the foreigners get mad. They get rude. So it's yeah. like a self, um, what do you call it? It's like a cycle. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I don't go to any of those places. Yeah. I I go to islands like Kolanta where that just you know isn't as popular, hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go to places like Chiang Mai where there's just like normal people. And mm-hmm. I think the reason why Chiang Mai, even though it's a very popular tourist place, is very calm and people are nice, is first. Thai people actually live there. They're not mm-hmm. just there like to work in tourism. Mm-hmm. So they're happy to live there. And second, it's so kind of far out of the way that a two-week package tourist or one-week pack tour- like tourist mm-hmm. just doesn't make it there. Like the most common thing I hear is like, "Oh yeah, I heard about Chiang Mai. I wanted to go. Maybe I'll go next time." Yeah. So by the time people actually make it to Chiang Mai, they've already traveled the rest of Thailand. They've got to know the culture. They yep. realize what's disrespectful, and they're the type of tourist who like takes a slow to like. You know, they're probably spending you know more than three weeks in the country, or this is their second, third trip, and they by the time they get there, they're kind of calm, <laughs> nice yeah. people. Yeah. So my my hope is that yeah, I, I like to stay in Ukraine long term, but it, I just I really hope and pray that they I I really root for them to uh, grow uh, economically and all this stuff. I just know what happens to I mean like I'm major was economics. I was yeah. on Wall Street, right? Like, it's like, I know what happens when uh, development happens. There's yeah. this positive and negative. So I just hope that the, the, it's like any kind of startup, right? In the beginning, it's fun. Everybody's yeah. like, has, and then you, it becomes a big corporation. You have like all these, like uh, you lose some of the soul. So I just hope uh, this country doesn't lose, because uh, it's starting to get like a little bit of a party reputation mm. in Kiev. Um, so, yeah. and, it, and I'm starting to see elements of that Bangkok thing starting to happen. The only good thing about it is Kiev in Ukraine itself has first that kind of a dangerous uh, or scary reputation, mm-hmm. but secondly, I think it like I, I think it's a hard place for people to go. Uh, so most people either are scared to come, or if they come, they generally just have a hard time if they don't speak the language. Yeah. They're not very like you know socially savvy. Yeah. That I think it, that's going to be enough of a deterrent for most people to come. Yeah. Or recommend it to anyone for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Like. For us, we have a normal life in Kiev, and we, you know, we don't get scammed. You know, we, you know, we have genuine uh, relationships and friendships. For a lot of people, they're gonna have a tough time getting by and and enjoying life here. Like, I, I think people, a lot of people, think that Eastern Europe or Ukraine is like this place you can show up with, you know, you know, six hundred bucks a month and enjoy life. Like no, like you're gonna have a tough time living here. Yeah, you know, one 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 thing I want to add, I I think it's important to hear this. I really don't like disrespectful people who, because I saw this in Thailand a lot, who think that like their money 
buys them any kind of like respect or they can treat people like lesser people and those people get eaten alive in like uh, both countries and that's why i was kind of mentioning like some i was putting it politely like you know some people do it to themselves here like it's kind of like this uh this uh point i'm trying to get across which is like you know don't come to a you know you're a guest yeah. first of all you're a guest this is not your home like yeah. if you're go walking to your friend's home you're going to take off your shoes or uh-huh. whatever is culturally appropriate to you right like and a lot of times uh the people who come here they come with like this arrogant attitude mm-hmm. like uh they're one country is lesser than another yeah. like oh my money will buy this and that mm-hmm. and you'll be sorely mistaken here yeah. like you especially like like you know, you you'll definitely attract the attention from the people that you don't want, yeah. which is your self fulfilling prophecy. And then for the people who are actually like real legitimate people, which is ninety nine percent of the society, they won't deal with you. Yeah. Like it's 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 abnormal. That you know you know it's funny that you brought that up because I first started going to Thailand in like two thousand seven, so like thirteen years ago, and I remember back then the only people who would go to Thailand were. You know, I had this bad reputation, right? Like, you go there just to party or just to go to the red light district or just to do these, you know, crazy debaucherous things. Mm-hmm. And most of the guys that I met there were, you know, these older guys who, like, were just kind of sleazy, like, socially inept people that just wouldn't be able to survive yeah. in normal society. So they go there where their money, you know, and their skin color makes them kind of king, right? Yeah, I, I grew up, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I grew up there. Yeah, I saw it all. But what I've seen in the last 10 years is way more normal people go now. Like, Thailand is now a very normal place to go. Like, if you say, uh, you know, like, I moved to Thailand, people don't think of just the stereotypes. They realize you're moving there because they have a cool digital nomad scene. They have great scuba diving. It's, you know, amazing food. It's just, like, a nice place to go to. So more normal people go there. Yeah. I feel like Ukraine is kind of the same, where, like, for the last, you know, even now, to move here, you must be a crazy person. But I I do think that and so a lot of the 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 expats or the guys who have moved here might have that that bad reputation. Yep. But I see in the future more no, like I have and I had no I know so many normal girls who are moving here now or want to visit here, mm-hmm. and that's not something that existed five years ago. Yeah. For me, like I would say the biggest reason I moved here, and I I would encourage everyone to look into this country is the level of talent mm-hmm. i remember hearing uh tim cook talk about this who knows if it's a uh, if it's accurate or not mm-hmm. you know he was on a public uh thing so who knows if he's saying politically correct but i understand what he was trying to say they were like why are you manufacturing all the iphones in china why don't oh. you do it in the u.s yeah. and there's a stereotype that chinese manufacturing is like really cheap mm-hmm. that and and he was explaining and i, I saw it true because my dad was in contract manufacturing he's like those days are gone. Yeah. Like it's not manufacturing China is not this like super cheap like uh-huh. place. But he brought up a very good point, which is like guys, like what, when we build this iPhone, like there are very very specific parts that that requires high level of engineering. When I'm in the U.S., I'm lucky to find one person in the room. In China, I have ten in one conference room. Yeah. Right. I see the same thing with Ukraine. Like in mm-hmm. Kiev. Uh, and in Ukraine in general, there's really, really high talent. I don't, I don't want to speculate why it is or if other countries have it or not. But let's just keep it open. And I can only speak for my experience here. Yeah. I don't know if it's higher ratio, lower ratio. I, I didn't study it, right? But the main point is like there are really, really talented people here in engineering, in photography, in video, mm-hmm. in party planning. Like, I. I they, I, I love working and partnering with them, really. Like, I, I, I can't stress it enough that I really love uh, working with people here and doing business here. And, like, um, 
They have a very high standard, I will say. And and they and the reason I bring up the Tim Cook thing is especially if you work with like the top people uh, in the country, they're not that cheap. Mm-hmm. It's you're not doing it for exp- like that's why like I'm not doing it for like purely expense reasons. Like it's just like you know the really top people are like they're they're not cheap at all. But like their their level of talent and the ability that they can do, and certain like niche specializations they have, I, I couldn't find anywhere else. Yeah. So. I, I definitely see that. So, Ukraine, like I think one of the worst reputations it has is that it's a cheap place to live. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you, it, technically, you can you could try to do it, yeah, but like you would be pretty miserable. Like, uh, but in general, yeah, if you want to have a normal life, it's 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 not like okay, it's cheaper, of course, by a percentage point. But I, I see what you're saying, where it's like people think that it's like. Um, you spend five hundred dollars a month here, and you're like living like a sultan or something. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not it's not true at all. I think one of the like one of my nightmares would be to be a like a a poor guy in Ukraine. I think your life would be way harder to be a poor guy here. I don't know, man. It kind of sucks to be poor in the U.S. too. Like, yeah, that's I mean, true. Like, look at Skid Row. Like, so I don't know. I, I actually, you know, Ukrainians complain about being yeah. poor here in the healthcare system. I'm like, I honestly, guys, you've been watching too many U- U- movies about the America because yeah. you should see San Francisco and Skid Row it also and like, sucks, yeah. yeah. So but, you know, <laughs> oh, but think about I'm just trying to be fair here. Would you? Okay, so knock on wood, right? Let's hope this never happens to, okay. to anyone we know again. But if you're if you're, if you're going to be homeless and you had to sleep in the street. Would you rather be in Orange County, where it's warm the whole year, or in Ukraine, where you would literally freeze to death and die? You, you, I don't know how these people do it. Yeah, I, I would Orange County for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how it's humanly possible. I, you know, I don't even know how these dogs, these street dogs, survive this yeah. winter. It's like, I, where do they go? Like minus twenty. It's insane. how do they do it? Yeah. I don't understand. Right. And secondly, like, I would rather like I, I remember watching uh, this documentary about like poverty in the U.S. with uh-huh. my Ukrainian girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, and she was just laughing the whole time because like she was like, "How do these?" I was like, "Like the poverty in the U.S. People were living in their car." Yeah, and she was like, "That's a nice car." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, first of all, it's a car. Yeah. Like, you know, it's an enclosed uh-huh. space, right? Like, that is very true. Yeah, nobody's living in cars here. And they were eating, they were going to, like, you know, not, like, restaurants, but they were getting takeaway food. <laughs> like, I think one of them ordered, like, Uber Eats to their, like, car. I'm like, I'm like, people who are poor in Ukraine are actually poor. Like, yeah, they have yeah, real yeah. problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and so, anyways, if I if I had to live... Like for eight hundred bucks a month, I I would have to live like thirty minutes out of the city, take a crowded bus, you know, like not be able to like eat at nice restaurants. Like I wouldn't want to live here. I like I would go somewhere else. I would go somewhere you know that the cost of living is much lower. I think to have an enjoyable life in Ukraine, and especially if you want to live in this like. In, in the center of Kiev, you need to spend like two, three grand a month. Yeah, and, and to second that, actually, what you're saying is actually how Ukrainians feel. That's why a lot of uh, there's a huge migration of like uh, people from Ukraine who, uh, if they're in that situation, they go work in Europe. They yeah. work in Paris. They go work in uh, either tourism, restaurant, IT. They, they, a lot of people leave Ukraine just for that exact reason because it's even for them, they're like, you know, I'm smart. I know my worth. I know my talents. Like, I shouldn't be confined just for my economic situation just to be in this uh, country. So that's why a lot of them immigrate. Yeah. And, and I don't blame them. But and that was actually my biggest fear is that Ukrainians are just going to leave. Like all the young kind of talented people are going to leave. I think the only thing kind of stopping them is first 
you know family ties where they want to yeah. stay around. But secondly, it's it's even though it's easy for to travel to Europe now because the their visas. It's hard to live and work because of visa yeah. reasons. So we'll see what happens in the future. But I know for now, I'm super happy to live here. You seem like you're quite happy yeah, living yeah. here. And, and the thing is, you can afford to live somewhere else. Like, you're a rich guy. Yeah, you know? actually, like, uh, along that point, I, I love stating this. is like, look, uh, I've been very blessed uh, through my hard work and with some. I always believe that every everything in life involves some amount of luck because there's people who believed in you, supported you when you didn't have it. So, like, everything involves, like, it, I don't believe there's such thing as a self-made person. There's somebody who supported you, gave you a chance. Like, so there's some elements of luck, right? Um, but yeah, I worked hard for it. But yes, I am in a very fortunate position where I can be anywhere on earth. And my friends thought I was crazy. Like, why don't you pick Paris? Why don't you pick, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Florence? Like, why don't you go to Bangkok? And, you know, uh, or Dubai. Like, you know, I was, uh, it was my first trip to Dubai recently. And, um, I was uh, interested to see what it was like, and it was like cool. It was nice, uh, uh, but it just wasn't the best match for me. It's a nice place to travel. I, I, maybe I'll visit there again, but I couldn't uh, live there a long. Especially the summers are really hot. Yeah. I prefer cold versus hot because for me, it's easier to go from cold to become warmer than it is from to be warmer to <laughs> go to cold. So yeah. that's my logic. Uh, and yeah, I, uh, I I I like I I purposely chose to live here. And and to give you another sense, I didn't, I never told you this. Before I moved here, like you know, I'm, I'm a nut nutbag like this because I was in, uh, I was an investor. I made like a, a multi-page analysis about the economic situation, a financial model, like uh, like it's it's seen its growth rate, like just like and, and just like I really really made a very thoughtful decision to be here. Is my main point. Like I made a trip, I made two trips. I already had some like uh, people who were working for me here. They showed me around. And I was like really looking at it as, as a whole. So yeah, I, I, I really thoughtfully uh, thought about this move three years ago, four years ago, I guess, you know, three years and three months, however you went around it, three years and six months, I can't remember anymore. Uh, and uh, and I would say like, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good decision. So yeah, yeah, I was extremely thoughtful about it. And so that's why I hope that can be a recommendation enough because I, I, I really, really want nothing more than just to see... Uh, you know, I always try to recommend all my team members too to all my people in the U.S. and they're very pleasantly surprised working with them. Um, so, you know, I I, I want to, you know, I, I want to put money in these people's pockets. Like, yeah. you know, I just I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, give it a try, give it a visit, um, and uh, yeah, you know, like the, there's level talent here is pretty high. Yeah, again, every country has great people too. So I didn't want just to say about Ukraine, but uh, it's been my experience. It's a easy for me for what I do is an easier cluster, especially when it comes to engineers. Yeah. I definitely agree that people are super smart here. Uh, but the funny thing is the labor is not cheap anymore. Like for like talented IT engineers, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you've seen this with your... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people used to get paid, you know, like the idea of being able to hire a Ukrainian developer for less than a thousand bucks a month, unless they're like, you know, some new, you know, college grad, like that's gone. Like, if you want to hire a good, like a good IT specialist, they expect to make three grand a month, you yeah, know, and yeah. some of them are making five grand a month. Yep, supply and demand. It's and I I, I think, uh, I mean, I think the smart ones still live here and they're making five grand a month. Yeah, because they can really live like a boss. Um, but a lot of them they realize like, look, like you know, you can hire me or I can work for an international company or I can just move somewhere and I can make that. Yeah. Exactly. So, I love it. 
So, Frank, it's been fun hanging out and talking about uh, Ukraine, but also travels. Happy to do it. If people want to follow your adventures, how can they do that? Uh, best way is, uh, I guess, Instagram gets updated the most. Uh, the username or whatever you call it, the handle is Frank Song. I'm not super tech savvy, so that's where a lot of stuff gets uploaded. Um, I'm having a YouTube channel that's uh, coming up very soon that talks about uh, investing, investing philosophy, running a business, growing a business. Um, so you can uh, look out for that. Uh, if you want to contact me, best way is franksong.com. And yeah, you know, I'm, I try to be as available as possible, but uh, I still run all my company, so I, I do my best. Yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, and if you guys want to know more about Frank's actual businesses, his investment ph philosophies, Take a listen to Invest Like a Boss, episode 177, which will be aired shortly after this one. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to Invest Like a Boss. Frank, it's been a pleasure, buddy. And let's, uh, yeah, let, let's enjoy the rest of the day. Wonderful. Yeah, me too, actually. I have to go to the bathroom. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, How to Choose the Perfect Niche episode, Join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.